Well, good morning. I have uh, my nice big mug that I got from the kitchen. Excited to be here this morning as we talk about, as we, as I said earlier, carrying on and finishing off our time of uh, of the of the fruit of the spirit. Um, as we close off our time, I thought it'd be good to talk a little bit and look a little bit towards. Um, the idea of of um, of the beatitudes and the, a little bit of the relationship that the beatitudes have with the fruit of the spirit. This idea that there is a calling to live and a calling to live like Jesus. And as he as he lays it out for us, we are called to live in a certain way. Um, the the verse and the, and the and the fruit of the spirit that we're talking about today is gentleness and gentleness. As I was talking to my wife this week, and she said this: she said, "Gentle is the way that everyone wants everyone else to be towards them. No matter how I act, I would love it if you were gentle towards me." And as a bit of a as a bit of a, a person that as my wife so graciously tells me. I can kind of bulldoze situations. I talk a bit too much and I, and I kind of force myself into a situation and, and sometimes I make myself front and center and that is not an easy word, gentle, for me to take on. And it's something that I need to take on. This is not a sermon that, you know, many alpha type people are going to enjoy the idea of being gentle. And that kind of goes counterintuitive to kind of how we're made. But gentleness is something that we are called to. And the Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And, and that goes against what we think the people that will inherit the earth, the victors of the day, the people that have the prize are not necessarily the meek one. As we look at the Sermon on the Mount first, we want to see that there is an audience at the Sermon on the Mount. It's a mishmash of people. The main audience is the Orthodox Jews with the, um, who came from Jerusalem and, and their idea of, of the Torah and, and the laws and the celebrations and the festivals and, and the kosher eating, everything that they had that lined up with every rule that they had, they were coming to see if Jesus was going to act that way or if he was going to act a different way. So that's one of the audience members here. The other audience member here in the Beatitudes, in the Sermon on the Mount, at the beginning of the, the book of Matthew, the beginning of our New Testament, is the Galilean Jews. They weren't necessarily the most religious people, and they weren't obsessive about the rules, but they had an influence of the Jewish nature and the, and the Jewish and the Jewish um, and the Jewish laws. They had that influence, but they were more the shepherds, the fishermen, the the working types that had that idea. But they also didn't follow it completely all the time, the exact way they're supposed to. And then also, whenever you see Jesus speaking, there's this crowd of, I guess you would say, sinners or people that don't have a, a religious affiliation necessarily that kind of walk around and come see and see what he's up to and see what he can do next and see the magic tricks that are going to come out next and see what healings are going to happen. And perhaps they could have something about this. It's kind of exciting. So that's the next type of people. But also we know there's Greeks here because of the end of chapter 4. It talks about the people from Decapolis that are there. So the Greeks are there and they are the, and they are the, um, the more you know, philosophical type thinking of people. 
And then we also have the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire was present everywhere that Jesus went. And, he, and they, were, they were present everywhere everyone went because they were the ones conquering at the time. And the ones that conquer and the ones that are actually inheriting the earth as far as the eye could see. And so the Romans were always, always there. But Jesus, while the Romans were there, while the Greeks were there, while the Jewish people were there, while the sinners were there, he was teaching people how he thinks and how he knows it is best to be human as he demonstrates how it is to be human. And he says it is best to be gentle, it is best to be meek, because the meek will inherit the earth. So let's talk about that word meek for a while. So we're, we're in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to be jumping around a little bit to different parts of the Old Testament and New Testament, but... We're going to start with the word meek. Meek is not a complimentary word. If you were to overhear someone talking about you, you would be like, I would love to hear someone say, oh, that person is so good looking. Or, oh, that person is so lovely. Or that person is so confident. Or that person is so strong. Or that person is so this, that, this, that. You do not want to hear that person is so meek. That is not something that you want to hear. You don't want to hear your word necessarily um, you're, you're, you who, as a person associated with the word meek, it doesn't bring that much confidence in the situation. Um, but when we're talking about the word meek, you're talking about people that enter into a competition that, that really have no place in that competition. The people that are meek, the people that are gentle, are the people that win the participatory prize. They're the ones that blue, win the blue ribbon that everyone else gets that doesn't get first, second, or third. The gentle meek are the ones that say, hey, let's let everybody else win. I'm not too interested in winning this in winning this prize. The meek are the actual, not actual, legitimate competitors. If there's a competition going for something, you're not going to expect the meek to win that competition. So in the race for this earth, the meek are not going to win it in the world's eyes. I, I, that's just how it seems to go. Because this world is a war of worlds. And, and as we battle for this world, the meek do not necessarily at all inherit the earth. The Romans right now, they are running roughshod over everything. They are the ones that are winning. They are the ones that are winning the race. They are the ones that have the land. The meek, not necessarily. Then it says, meek will inherit. Now, if you've ever watched like a murder mystery, there was this movie that came out a few years ago called Knives Out. And Knives Out is this movie of inheritance. Everyone wants to, it's a comedy, it's, a, it's lovely. Uh, everybody wants to win this inheritance, this prize of the father who is mysteriously passed on. And so the people get the knives out, they get their, they get their sharp edges out, and they all want to make sure they get their share of the inheritance. And so the weakest one in those groups are the ones that are not going to get the inheritance, or so they think. Who inherits things are the ones that put themselves forward the most, the ones that put themselves in the best standing with the people that are giving out the inheritance, the ones that are forceful, the ones that are presenting themselves as the strongest. Those are the ones that usually get the inheritance, because we'll call it inheritance in quotes, because they're the ones that get the prize. The question is, who actually inherits right now? And inheriting, it is, it is the war of worlds, like I said. The Greeks want the earth, 
but the Greeks are more philosophical. The Jews want the earth, but they're in this different place, and the Romans are the ones that really want it, and the Romans are the ones who get it. Because the Romans were the ones that were bullying their way through, making their way known, making their, making their claims stated where they wanted the inheritance and they were getting the inheritance. Kind of like the schoolyard bully when you were a kid or, or just the schoolyard king of the tetherball court. Did you ever play tetherball? I played tetherball. And they always had the king of the court and the king of the court was always the one that hit the ball the hardest, that won that match and stayed on the court as long as possible. Not the meek one, I'll tell you that much. So with their strengths, the Romans has taken over from England all the way to India. They had everything. I was in England for four years and, and we visited Roman ruins. They had it all. And they had so much that they would say, we will bring you peace if you listen to us. Because we have this world, the one that you know, the world that you know, we have control over it. But you see, the thing is, inherit is actually a passive verb. It is something that you inherit and you can't do anything about it. Jesus knows this. It is something given by the one who owns it. And the one who has it is the one who gives it. And he knows that he's saying the meek, the gentle will inherit the earth. So if we go by what Jesus says, if we take his words at face value, we realize the gentle will actually win the day. Because the word, the passive verb, the passive word for inherit is talking about a word of relationship, a word of family, a word of value. If we are lucky enough, we are fortunate enough to have chosen to be his child because he chose all of us in this world and we choose him, then we are in the inheritance when we are gentle and we put him first and we are meek. What we need to do is instead of be forceful, we need to stop and we need to be still before the Lord because the meek will inherit the earth. If you look at Psalm 37, you see that Jesus actually didn't just come up with this, which he could have out of thin air. He's actually going back to Psalm 37 with David. I'm not going to read all of it because it's 40 some verses long. But we look at it, it says, Do not fret at the beginning of Psalm chapter 37. If you want to open there, you can highlight these or underline these, these words. But I'll look it through and it says, Do not fret in Psalm 37 because of those who are evil. Because of those who are envious of those who do wrong. Don't fret, even though the world seems to be collapsing around you or forcefully being taken around, taken down. It says, Do not and this is this trust in the Lord. Verse 4, take delight in the Lord. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Verse 7, be still before the Lord. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways. But be still and commit your way to the Lord and trust in the Lord and delight in the Lord. Be still with Him. Be gentle with Him. Because verse 11, it says this, and you might recognize it. But the meek will inherit the land and then enjoy the peace and prosperity. The meek will inherit the land. Verse 22. 
those the Lord blesses will inherit the land. And verse 29, the righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The gentle will inherit the land. Brian Zond, one of my favorites, one of the, one of the people I go to, just has this wonderful, wonderful outlook on the Bible and this world. Uh, he says it like this, kind of rewriting just the way he sees this verse in Matthew chapter 5. He says, Blessed are the quiet and content, the humble and unassuming, the gentle and trusting who are not grasping and clutching. For God will personally guarantee their share when heaven and earth finally become one. Blessed are the quiet and content, the humble and unassuming, the gentle and trusting who are not grasping and clutching. For God will personally guarantee their share when heaven and earth finally meet. You know, have you ever heard of FOMO? It's kind of a new thing, FOMO, fear of missing out. And when we're gentle and meek, we have a fear of missing out. We have a FOMO. We have the fear of missing out on what's going on. If we don't put ourselves to the front of the line, if we don't make ourselves known, if we don't say what we want to have said and make sure that we're there and have our strength be shown, we have a fear of missing out. But Jesus says it so differently. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the quiet and content, the humble and unassuming, the gentle and trusting who are not grasping and clutching. For God will personally guarantee their share when heaven and earth finally meet. So let's go back to the word meek for a moment. Meek rhymes with weak. Meek and mild. Meek gives us this feeling and this taste of vanilla and plain. Just absolutely boring. Like something that really you don't want any part of. And so when it talks about being meek, that, that's where we kind of get this idea, mild. Like who wants mild salsa? Who wants that mild, nothing, exciting flair? You want something. That's what we think about when we think about the word meek. But we can go to the Greek, and the Greek has this, what the Greek is for this word meek is the word praus. And the word praus is actually the word that the Jewish, the the, the the, the, the Greek word for, that people use was for, um, was for taming a horse. And for taming a wild stallion, when the wild stallion has all this strength and all this power and all this uh, might and ability, the word prous was used when you kind of rein that horse in. If you are someone that reins horses in, that breaks horses, you understand what I'm saying. That strength is not gone when you tame a horse. That strength is under control. That strength is under, under this guidance. That horse still has that strength. There's no doubt about it. But that horse places that power down and is bridled. There's three places that we see this. We see it in Matthew 5, 6, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the meek, the prouse, the ones that are under control. And then Peter talks about it with women. 1 Peter 3 verse 4 talks about it with women who have this power, but are also say, let's just be under control. And you would take that as wrong, as you would take that as something different, but, but we see there's two audiences. One is mostly men is saying, take your power and have it under control. And women, take this power and have it under control because we know you are powerful. And then the third place that we see this is in Matthew chapter 21. 
And it's when Jesus comes into Jerusalem as a king and he's quoting Zechariah 9, verse 9. He says, Say to the daughter Zion, See your kingdom comes to you gentle, meek, prouse, and riding on a donkey, and on a colt and the foal of a donkey. You see the daughter Zion coming in on a donkey, has all this strength, all this strength of a war horse, but subdues it and knows the power that he has, but he knows the, weak, the meek will make the day. The gentle will win the day. The gentle will inherit the earth. So it's not like he's saying to us in the, in, in the Beatitudes to be meek, even though I'm not meek. He's not like he's saying to, to the women in First Peter, Paul says, saying to the women, be, be weak and not use your power. He's saying what I'm doing, everyone do what I'm doing. Be meek, be gentle, know the power you have, but submit it to God and allow him to take care of everything. Because Caesar will win the day. Caesar comes in on the other side of Jerusalem riding on a war horse, riding with all that power, riding with the untamed ability. But Caesar's palace, Caesar's kingdom will come to an end. It's been 1,600 or 1,700 years since Caesar won the day last. And now his place, his, the Roman Empire is in ruins. But Jesus is not in ruins. He was gentle and Caesar thought he won the day, but Jesus has the inheritance. As we come in here and we are meek, we will inherit the earth. The kingdom of God continues to grow while the Roman Empire is piled up in ruins. Jesus has the inheritance that was promised to the meek. And it says this, the meek will inherit the earth. Is this just a heaven thing? Is this inheritance just a future thing? The nice ones get heaven, but the mighty will get away with whatever they want to on earth. And that is the feeling that we get when we're meek. That the, that the, nice, ones, that the nice ones will kind of lose here, but eventually in heaven they'll get everything. See, we fight and claw our way through life and then we have to be asked to be gentle and just allow people to roll over us. But we know that, we do know from some stories that if we stop and we just submit our wills to God, He will bring His good will to us on earth. There is countless stories of when we're gentle and God brings us something different. That we're not expecting, but he brings us something good that is much better than we had anticipated in the first place. If you stop and you look throughout your life, there's times that you've been rolled over and that's it. But there's times that you've stopped and you've allowed to be gentle and you've, you've, you've taken maybe a more gentle approach in the situation and eventually God shows that it's okay and he'll give you his inheritance on earth. Because... Heaven and earth are not to be separated. Too many of us have this mind um, of the Greeks, the mind of the world that heaven is a consolation prize for the losers of this game. The mind that, of this world that as some of us have is that heaven is a consolation prize for the losers in this earth. The Greeks thought about heaven and earth as completely separate. Heaven started to gain momentum and the earth started to die off. But the Jewish tradition and what we see in our Bible is that heaven and earth were created together. The heavens and the earth were made for each other. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and then sin, sin tore them apart. But at the cross, Jesus tore down the veil and heaven and earth were brought together again. 
We are supposed to think of heaven and earth belonging together. Not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The meek, the gentle, will inherit eternity, but also God is with us now, living in eternity now. See, in heaven, things will be stopped. And when we bring heaven to earth, negative things are stopped. The things that are stopped are injustice, hate, vengeance, tears, pain, greed, manipulation, and force. Those painful things are stopped on the wrong side of heaven, on the wrong side of God's presence. But in God's presence, when heaven touches earth and in eternity, the beautiful things like faith, hope, and love will remain. Gentleness will remain. If you choose gentleness, if you choose to be meek, if you choose to have that power but bridle it in submission to who God is, you will inherit the earth. You will inherit His good, good, goodness. Eternity is not just something that's in the future. The eternity starts now as we're gentle. To end off, I want to have a bit of a practical thing about how to practice this, how to practice meekness, how to practice gentleness. I read it this week about the practice of pause. Now, there's going to be four Ps. Everyone likes these type of things, especially the Ps. You'll have a problem. So now we've, we've talked about being meek. We've talked about, we've talked about uh, inheriting the earth. But how do you do that? When a situation comes up, when a situation comes to you, we have these four Ps. The first thing that comes up is a problem. The first thing that comes up is something that is given to us as a problem. This is a real problem. This hurts. This is not good. What you do with that problem is you don't act right away. You stop and you pause. So you have a problem and then pause. And in that pause, pray. And after that prayer, proceed. If we want to act gentle, we see the problem, we pause, we pray, and then we proceed. We just take a moment. In, a, in an argument, in a fight, in, in someone that brings up a real frustrating, tense situation, just stop for a moment. Don't act quickly. Pause. Pray, and then proceed. To finish off, we're going to look at the end of the book of John. And Jesus appears to Thomas and says this, John chapter 20, verse 24. Now Thomas, verse 24, now Thomas, also known as Didymus, was one of the twelve. He was not with the other disciples when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my fingers where the nails were and put my hands onto his sides, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. And through the, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it on my side. Stop doubting and believe. 
Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. There's a moment that Thomas doubts. Everyone else has seen. He has not seen. He does not believe. And he doubts. And Jesus is left with this. He knows that he is that he has this doubting Thomas in his life. And Jesus has every reason to react in anger, every reason to react in frustration, every reason to react any other way than what he did. But Jesus was gentle. And he said, bring your doubt to me. Bring your ways of living, ways of thinking, bring that to me. And here, do what you need to do. I've had people crucify me once. You can touch me and do what you need to do to find out what you need to find out so you have the choice. Jesus is gentle and he gives us choice. He gives us his love. He gives us that moment to choose. He brings the calm and the gentle when all other options were available and excusable. But Jesus chooses gentleness because he knows that gentleness wins the day. He knows that meek wins the day. He knows that as he rode up on the donkey in Jerusalem to the cross, that if he was gentle and meek and he subdued the power that he knew that he had, he would be killed and man would pour out their their hatred towards him and put him on the cross and kill him. But in that death, he would rise again and he would win the day. And we need to be gentle in our responses. We need to be gentle in our life. Let's be like Jesus. See the problem, pause, pray, and then proceed. Thank you so much for joining us this week online. We're grateful that you're here. Um, In a in a few weeks, we are going to um, have a, on the 14th of September, we're going to be having a volunteer drive and a volunteer evening to celebrate our volunteers and to kick off the new year. If you want to join us for that, sign up online or um, where you can. And also this week, just pray today, uh, maybe while you're watching this, or, or at noon today at, at, at Lake Country and at the main campus on 33, we're going to be having a backpack giveaway. So just pray that that goes well. Pray that people have a great time. So thanks for being here today. God bless you, and have a great week. Bye-bye.